Okay, that's your that's your um, your nerdy salary cap moment of the yep, day that we have is. here on Leafs Lunch. And, and with that, we'll bring in Leafs reporter for The Athletic, Josh Cloak. Josh, we were just talking about, um, well, you spent some time in Minneapolis writing that great in-depth piece on Matthew Nye, so everyone make sure they go read that. But we were talking about the time that we've spent in Minneapolis. So, so give us uh, your highlight from the Twin Cities before we get into Matthew Nye's talk. Yeah, how come I get all the glamorous assignments? Minneapolis in January. And you okay, get wait, I love Minneapolis. We were pumping its tires. Like, one of the best cities. That well, said? I don't, yeah, I just don't understand how Siegel and Myrtle get to go to, you know, California. Oh, fair. In fair, the dead fair. Of winter. And I'm, no, listen, you know what? Here's my genuine uh, assessment of Minneapolis. I was kind of going in, like a lot of people, with reservations. But I'm ready to put Minneapolis as a top five food city in the United States. I had literally two of the best meals of my life. Uh, I went to, and I know I don't want to get too deep in the weeds here, but I went to an all-Indigenous restaurant where all of the food uh, is post-colonial, so no wheat, no dairy. It was oh. fantastic. I'm talking one of the best meals of my life, bison tacos. Anyway, Minneapolis, mm. really underrated city. Um, so if anybody out there in Radioland is interested, I've got some great recommendations. But, yeah, a really surprising spot. Yeah, I'll be texting you later for those recos because I, I, pro- I would like to go back because it was a, a good time when I was in, in Minneapolis. There's a couple of really good breweries, too, in that city. Yeah, it's a good spot. spot. It's an underrated uh, good spot. Uh, we're Josh Cloak, lease reporter for The Athletic. And, Josh, you released uh, an article about Matthew Nyes this morning in The Athletic. You had a chance to kind of catch up and spend some time with him last month. What was something that you learned about him that maybe you didn't know uh, heading into that little stop and chat that you had with Matthew Nyes? I think the thing that I took away, and, you know, you deal with prospects a lot, you talk to prospects a lot, and a lot of times prospects, especially those, you know, drafted by the Leafs who recognize kind of what's ahead of them, they're very guarded, they're very uptight, they stick to the script. Matthew Nyes, you know, is just a dude who is very sure of who he is as a person, right? He's comfortable in his own skin. He has genuine interests away from the game, which is something that that always kind of makes my ears kind of perk up because, A, that's what's interesting to me as a writer, and, B, it's good that someone has those interests at such a young age when a lot of other prospects are just hockey, hockey, hockey. Um, So I just think it was remarkable to see a guy that, you know, knows who he is, knows what's ahead of him, and doesn't really seem phased by that. I just I got a lot of confidence from him, but not kind of with the, you know, in the typical – chest puffed out sort of way but more just you know he he took the extra year in minnesota that he didn't have to take um and that allowed him to feel a lot better about what's ahead of him because look in a few weeks a few months i guess we could be talking about matthew nye's you know being a bottom six forward for the leafs so to have him not be overwhelmed by that prospect I, i i think that's that's something i learned and i think that's something that's important too yeah, one thing that I found uh, kind of both impressive and interesting was the fact that he himself, as a guy in his early 20s, identified the fact that he didn't feel uh, like he was mature enough to make the jump to the NHL last season. But but that in itself, that self-awareness to me, kind of spoke to his maturity almost. Oh, for sure. And, like, the Leafs really wanted him. And, and to me, what was really interesting was, was discussing with him. And, I, you know, I was there for the weekend. I hung out with him, you know, on four separate occasions over the weekend. And 
you know, he was probably sick of me by the end, but, but that's cool. But like, you know, what I kind of got from him, um, was how important it was for him to kind of hear from a lot of different people around him, you know, in the lead up to the, the quote unquote decision. And, and one person that, you know, I assumed they maybe had some kind of relationship, but maybe I didn't know how close they actually were, you know, him and Austin Matthews, obviously both born in Arizona. So there's not a, a ton of Arizona born players, but, you know, Nye said that he relied on, on Austin Matthews a lot to kind of help talk him through the decision and what comes ahead. And what was interesting to me was just how much he said Austin Matthews listened instead of talking. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't putting on the used car salesman job. He just wanted to hear, you know, where he was at, where his thought process was. And, you know, my understanding is that that really helped put him at ease if, if someone like Austin Matthews, who, you know, wears the weight of the world you know, in Leafs Nation on his shoulders, if he can kind of say, look, what you're doing is right, taking your time is okay, I think that really put, you know, Nyes' um, anxiety at ease. He kind of told me, and this didn't make it into the story, but he told me when he got home, you know, from meeting with Kyle Dubas and kind of telling him, I'm going to take the extra year. He said just that. He's like, I felt the weight of the world off my shoulders and I could just focus on, getting better um and it looks to be a decision that that has really worked for him right uh in conversation with josh cloak of the athletic um i'm curious how much you think he could make a difference to this team come the postseason the expectation is he'll sign with the club uh when he's done his college season is he a guy who you think uh, is primed to play some i mean maybe not top six minutes but play some important minutes in the playoffs like is he ready for that you think yeah, and like, far be it for me to kind of pour cold water on a story that I hope everyone goes out and reads, but like, I don't know if we should be expecting Matthew Nice to be, you know, slotted in on PP2 and, you know, maybe score three or four goals and, and rise up to fill that, that second line left wing spot that I know is a hole that the team is probably looking to fill. Like, is he probably ready to play in the NHL? Sure. But do you want to overwhelm him, especially, you know, in a playoff series? And we don't even know if he'll be in the playoff lineup. It, it seems like maybe he's more of a, like a 13th forward, maybe comes in and out, maybe if they want to bring him in. But I don't know. I think, A, that's a lot to put on a player, right? Not just, you know, come in, but, but dominate against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I yeah. think maybe people should temper their expectations. Um, but do I think physically – he can stay with his head above water in the NHL, of course. Do I think the hands are there um, that he could probably score? Sure. Um, does his skating need a lot of work? Yeah, it does. So, you know, this isn't kind of a Cole Caulfield thing where he can just jump in from, you know, the NCAA and contribute right away. I, I think the Leafs, you know, bottom six is probably still in need of, of an upgrade, and I think he probably gets a shot there but like dominate and be an impact player i don't know about that we're with josh cloak right now of the athletic and uh speaking of that top six the leafs have a game tonight it's the leafs and in chicago in toronto tonight one thing that's interesting of course austin matthews back in the lineup tonight so everyone is jazzed about that but but do you find it uh i don't know do you find it intriguing what do you think about the fact that matthews and marner won't be together on the same line tonight uh, especially seeing how, how much they were rolling right before that Matthews injury. Oh, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's just, it's just, Sheldon Keep just has this propensity to, to move things around. 
um, yeah. in a way, just because he can, right? This is, this has been something that, that Keith has done, like literally since he's taken over the Leafs. And, and also he did that with the Marlies too. Like I, I, I think he just likes to use the regular season as kind of like a, a sounding board, a testing ground, I guess, for the playoffs, right? I, I'm really not reading a lot into line combos right now. I, I, I'm still going to look towards April, mid-April, and then kind of see what, what's happening then. Because I think he just wants to move things around and, and, and figure out what works and, and also maybe not let players get too comfortable, if that makes sense. So if I, I don't know if concern is the right word, but I'm not concerned about you know Matthews and Marner not being together. I find it weird though. Like coming into the year, it was just fully expected. All right, we know we got on our top line: That's Matthews, line Marner, Bunting. You know they were terrific last year, and I was just looking at it like that line is a trio. They've only played twenty-five percent of the time Matthews has played with that line, compared to uh, a lot more they spent with with Nylander and Bunting. Like, do you think we're getting to a point here where? Sheldon Keefe just prefers these guys apart. Do you prefer what this lineup looks like? Maybe they look a little bit deeper. These complement each other a little bit more when those two are apart as opposed to together. Like, what do you think it looks like come game one of the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, on one hand, I like Matthews and Marner apart because I think it's probably a lot harder to defend if you have, you know, your two best players on different lines, right? You just, you you break them up and, and I think Matthews can probably play with anybody, but to me, I mean, William Nylander is just having such a good season. So that, like, he, I, I, is he on par with, with, you know, Mitch Marner? No, but, like, has he become an incredibly dangerous player in his own right? Yeah, so I just think if you have those kind of players, it just makes a lot of sense to try and balance things out as much as you can because, I mean, as it stands right now, the Leafs are a pretty top-heavy lineup, and I think any effort you can make to, you know – reduce that and try and get as much scoring from your second line and and kind of lighten the load on on Matthews right he, you know he's a player that is yeah, obviously has some injury I don't know concerns small worries you know let's not freak out but there's going to be kind of questions I guess leading into the postseason so anything you can do to lighten the load and not make sure that he's that it all falls on him to contribute I think that's a benefit for Keith and the Leafs well, everybody's going to be hawkeyeing Patrick Kane tonight, Josh, with him in town, and all of a sudden that's a really hot name here in Toronto. That would definitely take the load off Austin Matthews when it comes to scoring, wouldn't it? Yeah, but that would also put you know a seriously heavy load on Brandon Pridham to figure oh, out yeah. how to make that cap <laughs> to figure out how to make that cap you know just work. I don't know. I I will say it's it's become a real topic of conversation just around the other, uh, I don't know, Leafs media is like, yeah. when are they going to, when are they going to do this? Right? Like when, when are they going to make this deal? Because we know they probably have to, I'm of the, I'm of the mind that, that a forward should be the priority over a defenseman. Um, you know, I just keep coming back to the idea that if you get a big fish and there's probably bigger fish, you know, than, than Patrick Kane, but I just think on name value alone, like, what a jolt that would send through the rest of the lineup. Like, hey, like, Nick Foligno is a good player, and Nick Foligno is a great, you know, locker room guy, but he doesn't have the kind of cachet that, that adding a Patrick Kane would. And this is all just hypothetical, but, you know, if you're Austin Matthews, if you're Mitch Marner, if you're the entire team, you know, getting a player like Patrick Kane, and we're just talking hypothetical, 
the confidence that that would, or the jolt of confidence that would give to the rest of your team. And it's like, look, Kyle Dubas believes in this team this much to go and get a player like Patrick Kane and really get us over the hump. You know, it's now it's kind of up to us, you know, again, if you're Marner and Matthews, et cetera, to kind of hold up their end of the bargain, right? Um, I always think back to, and I know this isn't a perfect comparison, but I always think back to the Jays. And you remember how upset Joey Batista got that one trade deadline when they didn't add anyone and he thought they had a really good team? Um, that, that always stuck with me. And then they went, I think it was the next year. If my yeah, timeline they got right. David Price and a little and, texty text. And there were some expletives, I believe, involved. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then you know, that 2015 Jays team, like, boy, it, it was right like run. one of you well, that was one of the best teams in this city, you know, outside of that Raptors team and the 2017 TFC team and in I don't know, a long time. Anyway, the point is, is that it would bring, it would do a lot more you know, throughout the rest of the lineup than just what Kane would provide. So part of me wonders if that's the route they do go. Kyle Dubas does go just because he knows that everyone would just feel a lot better about their chances going in, you know, against Tampa Bay. My ridiculous hypothetical follow-up is would Willie Nylander give Patrick Kane number 88? <laughs> uh, probably Oh, man. Right? It's like I, I, somebody tweeted it at us earlier, and I was like, wow, this is a bigger topic than I thought it might be in my head. See, I always forget that with two hours to talk about the Leafs every day, just how deep in the weeds you guys can get. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm like <sighs> in the bull rushes right that now. That wasn't even the worst theory we tossed out today, <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think he would, but I also don't think it would matter. Maybe he would, but... You know, I know, I know William Nylander is, is a foodie. He likes his good food. So maybe if, if, you know, Kane took him out to the best, I don't know, steakhouse in Toronto, we're talking about it. But, uh, yeah, I, I love how deep you guys get on that. Thank you. <laughs> well, really quickly, I guess a little <laughs> bit more of a, 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 you know, a more game-centric question. What I jersey are they going to wear, A.B.? They can't yeah. go out there naked. <laughs> uh, Josh, really quickly, like tonight, I think, how big of an opportunity is this going to be for Timothy Lilligren? Hall slides out of the lineup. Lily slides up. He's going to play with Gio on the second pair. A big opportunity for him to prove he can handle those type of minutes down the stretch? So if the Leafs add a defenseman, which, you know, maybe they will, maybe they won't, but if they do, someone's got to come out, right? And, you know, I thought Sheldon Keith was really on point. Maybe even a you know a little I don't know aggressive a little harsh when he was talking about Justin Hall yesterday, and he was essentially saying don't give me a reason to take you out of the lineup. And I guess my point is is I, I think Timothy Lilligren has done enough to make sure even if the Leafs add a player into their top six, he stays in. Um, and just you know games like tonight are just opportunities to kind of further solidify your your, your spot there. Um, he hasn't really given them, he hasn't given Keith a reason to be pulled out of the lineup. So, yeah, I, I like what I've seen from him all season. And, and tonight, you know, another opportunity to just keep rolling, I guess, right? Absolutely. I think that's probably when it comes to the Leafs. I think you got, you know, Matthews. We'll see what he looks like coming off that yeah. injury. And then the next guy I'm looking at from Toronto is how does Timothy Lilligren play with uh, an uptick in role, playing some tough minutes as a second pair guy. Those are kind of the things that I'm keeping an eye on uh, for tonight's game. Really appreciate your time, as always, Josh. We'll uh, we'll chat again real soon.